are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. Hi, welcome. And kids, I hope you take that challenge this week of getting out and writing a message to maybe a neighbor or to a friend there in your driveway or sidewalk for folks to see, to encourage them, to let them know that God loves them. You know, my name is Lee, and I'm the lead pastor here at Heights. And thank you so much for allowing us to come into your living room and worship the Lord with you today. And if you're new with us, I want to say welcome. We'd love to be able to connect with you. And so you can go to heightschurch.org connect. Or in the post here, there's a description and a link that says connect. You can click that link and give us a name and a phone number and email address. And we're not going to hassle you, but really, we want to pray for you. We want to know how we can serve you and let you know a little bit more about how to get connected here at Heights. So thank you for joining us and thank you for connecting with us a little further. You know, this past Monday... Governor Abbott released his Reopen Texas plan, and uh, we see the different phases of that plan. And I know that many of you now are kind of thinking, okay, when are we reopening campus back here at Heights? You know, all through this time, our campus has been closed, but our church has been very much alive and active because you're the church. Uh, Where we are, we just meet in a building, but you are the church. You are the body of Christ. And through this time, you have done a marvelous job at serving in the community, uh, serving neighbors, serving one another. And I've just been so excited about the new ways that God has been using you and getting the word of God out and, and seeing what God has been doing through this time. But we're now reworking a plan to reopen campus. And so when you think about a reopen plan, there's really a couple of ways you can think of it. First, you can have a fast approach. And a fast approach is just kind of swing the doors open and let's all pile back in. Or there's another approach on the kind of other end of the spectrum that's an incremental safe plan. I lean more toward the incremental plan because your safety is our priority. And so what has already been happening is we've already had several meetings with our transition team and our ministerial staff beginning to talk about how to reopen campus safely. Uh, Obviously, we had to wait for the governor and to see what his plan was uh, so we could adjust to that. And so here's a couple of things that are about to happen that we need your participation on. First, this coming Wednesday or Thursday, you're going to be getting a survey to take. We need you to take this survey as fast as you possibly can because that survey is going to give us more intel and understanding of where you are and how you're feeling that will help us along in planning our reopening plan. What we're looking at right now is this. We're looking at the first Sunday, possibly in June, having worship services here on campus. Now, there are other benchmarks and things we want in place before that happens. We're going to be doing a deep cleaning of all the carpets here on campus. We're talking about all of our procedures that have to come in place for when folks arrive, how we're going to be safe and practice social distancing. We're going to have to redo all of our chairs here in the worship center. And so 
I need your patience. We're working hard on this. But again, we want to incrementally and safely be prepared to have you back here on campus. So we're looking at the first weekend in June. But that doesn't mean if we can't get that plan ready and all those procedures and things in place that it can't happen before June. And so stay tuned with that. But here's finally what I need you to do through this process. I need you to show love and grace to one another. I want you to realize right now, your government officials, your business owners, your pastors, your church leaders, we are dealing in a situation that we've never had to deal with before. I mean, I told someone the other day, we're literally building the plane as it's flying in the air. And so as we're putting these things together, as we're having to constantly adjust to new guidelines that we want to meet, we need to show one another love and grace. And so that means on Facebook, through emails, through text, as you talk to each other, show love and grace to those around you. There are going to be some that are ready to get back. And there's going to be some that are going to be a little hesitant on coming back. And we love everyone on all of that spectrum. And we want to show you grace. And I want you to know from my heart, yes, I want us back as fast as we can. But I want us back safely. And so this morning, let's pray as we start getting ready for a time of being in the Word. Let's pray together. Father God, as I was thinking this morning, you are the God who set all things into place. Lord, it's by your hand that right now you are holding this world together. It was by your voice that things were created. It's by your words that the wind and the waves obey you. And Lord, I pray that as we are constantly having to adjust as a people, as a church, and our businesses, and our homes to new guidelines through this and, and changes, that we will remember you are in full control. And Father, I thank you for the time of worship we have had through song. And Lord, we come now to worship you through your word. And so I pray that as I preach, the Holy Spirit will use me to deliver that word. But Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would change my mind, my heart, my actions to better align to you. And Father, I pray that for every person that's watching, that Lord, we would bend our will to your will. And so Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being a God in control in a time that seems out of control. We pray in Christ's name, amen, amen. You know, in 2019, one in 15 Americans had their identity stolen. I mean, think about that. One in 15 Americans in 2019 experienced some type of identity theft, whether that was you had your Facebook account hacked or your bank account emptied. One in 15 Americans had their identity stolen or hacked. You know, when a new normal is introduced into your life, it can make you feel like your identity has been stolen. See, what happens is when a new normal comes in, your rhythms of life change. It causes you maybe to worry a little more. Your anxiety level goes up. Maybe you're a little more stressed because this new normal might bring a different pattern in your day. It might cause you to think differently. It might cause you to do something differently. It reminds us when a new normal comes in that we're not so much in control in the sense that we thought we were in control. You know, right now we're experiencing that new normal constantly 
in our lives. Not only has our culture changed, uh, but our church has changed. Over the last several weeks, our church has changed. We're, we're having to do things differently than, than we ever have to done before. You know, even when we come back here on campus, things are going to be different. We're going to have to change according to a lot of these guidelines in order to keep us safe. And so a new normal, what happens is it feels like it, it steals our identity in a way because it shakes us at our very core. It shakes the foundation of who we are and we begin to question ourselves. You know, that's why we're in this series called The New Normal, Remembering Who We Are. Because what I want us to do right now is to return back to the Word of God, to get back to the basics of remembering who we are as believers in Jesus Christ. Because even though things have changed around us, your identity in Jesus has not changed through this new normal. And so if you think about the book of Acts, and we've been in Acts, and we're going to go through Acts chapters 1 through 5 in this series, these disciples are experiencing a new normal. They had been with Jesus, but now Jesus has been crucified. Jesus was buried. Three days later, Jesus rose again. And over a 40-day period, he appeared to them several times, teaching them about the kingdom. But now Jesus has ascended to heaven. And when he ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit came down. And when the Holy Spirit came down, he indwelt the disciples, just as he indwells you as a believer in Jesus Christ. And then Peter stood up in Acts chapter 2 and at the day of Pentecost and he preached a sermon to all the people who were there and 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. See, their new normal was now they had a church overnight. A church represented of people from different nations and races and, and languages and cultures and, and wants and needs and desires. But who they were didn't change. And who you are in this new normal doesn't change in Christ. So we said in week one that you are an empowered believer in Jesus Christ. You are empowered by God. We said last week that we're proclaimers of the good news of Jesus Christ. And this week we want to look at who we are in Christ. We are servants. You know, in this new normal, we are still serving people. So I want you to take a Bible or maybe grab your phone and go to Acts chapter 2. And in Acts chapter 2, we're going to pick up in verse 42. And so this is right after Pentecost has happened and, and Peter has preached and people have given their life to Christ. And I want you to see who they were, what they did, who you are in Christ, and what the Word of God calls you to do. First, we see that we serve one another with the Word. We serve one another with the Word. Verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and the prayers. You know, that word devoted there in verse 42, it means to attach oneself. See, they attach themselves to the Word of God. That's what you and I ought to do as followers of Jesus Christ. We attach ourselves to the Bible. And when we teach the Word of God, this means that now the source and the foundation of our teaching is the Bible. The authority we have in teaching comes from the Word of God. And so we don't preach our opinions. We don't teach our thoughts. We teach the Word of God because we've attached ourselves to the Word of God. Paul says it this way in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all Scripture 
It's inspired by God. It's breathed out by God, meaning it's God's word and it's good for you. And so that's why in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, he calls us to preach the word. And see, when you and I teach each other the word of God, we're serving one another in that way because we're building each other's faith up. We're bringing encouragement up. Maybe we're encouraging others who have gone astray or heading down a path they don't need to head it down. We're saying, no, no, don't go that way. Turn around. Repent. Follow the Lord. Follow his path. Follow his directions here in the word. So we serve one another with the word. But I want you to notice also they served one another in fellowship. Look again in verse 42. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And that word fellowship there, it's a it's a really interesting word. It's it's koinonia in the Greek and it's the very first time that word has been used in the New Testament. And see, that word fellowship, it has a deeper meaning than I think we have today in our fellowship as Christians. See, in a lot of our church campuses, like here, we have a fellowship hall where we may go to have a meal or a Bible study. But that word fellowship, it really meant sharing life together. You know, it was deeper than fellowship in the sense of, oh, you know somebody's name or You're a Facebook friend with someone. It's a relationship deeper than even sitting next to someone in a life group and, you know, exchanging pleasantries on a Sunday morning or sitting near someone uh, in a worship service. Or maybe now I should say sitting six feet apart from someone in a worship service. That fellowship is different from what we do to what they did. See, it's sharing life together. It's helping one another and teaching one another and caring for one another, having a a deep relationship with each other. And what's amazing about this fellowship is what the Holy Spirit does in this. See, I, I want you to notice this is the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Remember, this is Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has just come. But there were people there, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people there in Jerusalem celebrating Pentecost. People of different races and languages and customs. And now they're together worshiping the Lord in fellowship. I love what Galatians 3 verse 28 says. It says there's neither slave nor free. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither male or female for you are all one. In Christ Jesus. Isn't that a good word? We're all together in Christ. In fellowship. And so when we do life together. We encourage each other. We pray for one another. We teach the word with one another. Then we are serving each other. That means this. Belonging to a church. Should mean something. See church isn't just what you get out of it. It's what you're bringing. How you're serving how you're loving other people, what you're doing. That means your membership at a local church, it ought to matter. I know right now it's easy to kind of church surf. This may be your first service you're going to watch today or second or third. And and God bless, I'm glad you're getting a chance to see other preachers and hear the word of God. But I want you to connect to a local church. And I want you to put a life in a local church. I want you to serve in that local church. I want you to belong and it matters. 
You know, this took place years ago, and I still remember it very vividly. So when I was pastoring up in Pennsylvania, and I was there in our, our local bank there in our town, and I was sitting at the, the desk of, a, you know, one of the workers, and he's putting in my information in the computer because I need a new debit card. You know, he's asking me all my particulars, name and address and all those things. Then he gets to the question of, well, what's your occupation? Now, understand when people ask me that question, I don't shy away from it. I don't duck it. I say, well, I'm a pastor. But when I answer that question, there's a lot of different reactions I've gotten over the years. Uh, Sometimes I get people who say, oh, well, you're a pastor. Can I ask you to pray for me? And then just right there on the spot, they'll pour out their life story. I've had one person before when I said, well, I'm a pastor. We had a good conversation going. He goes, oh, well, I don't want to talk to you anymore. He turned around and walked away. And so when anybody asks me what I do, I will tell them I'm a pastor, but it always brings a different response. And so he said, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm, I'm a pastor. They said, oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm a member of Grace Church. I said, oh, great. I said, you know, the Grace Church here in town. He said, no, no, not that one. Oh, oh okay. Uh, and I said, well, I, I know there's another Grace Church, uh, you know, the next town over. Is you a member there? No, 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 not that one. And now I'm getting a little confused because I'm running out of Grace Churches to, that I know about. And so I sit there for a second. I think, well, wait a minute. There's, there's another Grace Church, I think, you know, up north from us about 20, 25 minutes away. Are you a member there? He said, no. And he looked at me and he said, you know, I really don't know where they meet. Now, understand this. I, I'm fairly fast on my feet. Um, I can come back at people with a real quick comeback, and that's a blessing and a curse, honestly, in my life. It's gotten me in a lot of trouble being quick on my feet. But at that moment, I was stunned. I I didn't know what to say. I I mean, I was deer in headlights. And I I finally, once I collected myself, I looked at him and I said, wait a minute, you told me you're a member of a church where you don't know where it meets. And he looked back at me and he said, yeah, I guess I'm not a really good member. Look, Being a member matters. Plug in to a local church. Because we are servants, and we serve one another with the word. We serve one another in fellowship. But notice third how they were serving one another in prayer and worship. They serve one another in prayer and worship. Look in verse 42 and verse 43. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, verse 34, or 43 says, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Do you notice they're together praying? Verse 43, worshiping. Down in verse 46, it says, and day by day attending the temple together, they're worshiping. Now, when we think about worshiping and praying with one another, we're not worshiping one another. We're not praying as the Uh, as the source to one another, but we serve one another when we pray and when we worship together. You know, it's interesting in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, you can go through those two chapters and there's about five or six times that the words come together or a semblance of when they came together is used. And so I want you to know, gathering as the people of God, Look in verse 46, they went to a particular place at a particular time together to worship. Being physically present with one another is always the ideal way to worship. 
We see that in the Old Testament. We see that in the New Testament. The people of God constantly coming together to worship. What we're having to do right now is necessary. But when we reopen campus, it's ideal when you feel safe to come back and worship together. But how do we serve one another in prayer and worship? Well, listen, you serve someone else when you pray for someone else. See, you're praying to the Lord on their behalf. You're interceding for them. You're going to God on their behalf and saying, Lord, I'm praying for this person over this situation. And Lord, I need you to work in their lives. And so you serve me by praying for me. I, I, I really appreciate that through this time. Many of you have texted me and emailed me or called me or when you see me, you say, man, I'm praying for you. And that's the way we serve one another, by praying for each other. But when we worship together, we serve one another in worship. Now, I, I want you to write now in the comments section. Comment and write down what you miss the most about being together. Will you do that for me? Just right now, start filling up those comment sections. What do you miss the most about being together? What do you miss the most about church? As you're doing that, let me tell you what I miss the most. I told Sandra the other day, I said, what I miss right now, and I've really come to miss even more and more on a Sunday morning, is congregational singing. I mean, really, that is, that is honestly one of my favorite parts of a Sunday morning gathering is congregational singing. And the reason being is because when we sing as a people of God, that's the way we serve one another. That's the way you're serving me because as we're together and we're singing, and, and, and listen, I don't sing well, but I sing out. I sing loud because I'm singing to the Lord. But when we're singing, there's times I'll stop and I'll just listen and I can hear your voices and I'm just praying. I'm like, God, there are people singing to you who have battled cancer. There are people who are singing to you who've lost a loved one. There's people who are singing to you and they've been through hard times. But they're singing now of your grace and your love and your deliverance. And that's why I think it's so important that we sing out when we sing. No matter the quality of our singing, we sing because we're serving one another. We're giving a testimony to one another of God's goodness and grace in our lives. And I look forward to that time soon when we get together and we sing again to God's praises. So they serve one another in worship and prayer, but they serve one another also in meeting physical needs. I want you to pick up in verse 44 and verse 45 with me, they serve one another by meeting physical needs. And all who believed were together, had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Now I know as a good American, you probably have a little trouble with those verses. Because that kind of flies in the face of what we would call capitalism. And some of you might trip over those verses and say, oh, hang on, that sounds a little bit like communism or a little bit like socialism. I don't know. No, 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 no. Understand what's happening there. It's not out of law. It's out of love. It's not being forced. It's voluntary. And what you see is the people of God being generous toward one another. 
You know, what's amazing that has taken place here at Pentecost is you had people from, from all different places traveling into Jerusalem for this festival. And now many of them who traveled in, they become believers in Christ. And now they're staying. Well, they may be running out of money. They don't have a place to sleep. And you have other brothers and sisters in Christ saying, hey, stay with me. I'll help you out. I'll give you this. Don't you see the beauty in that? That's Jew and Gentile now worshiping Jesus, meeting their physical needs. You may have had some who got kicked out of their family, who were brought up in a Jewish home. And maybe that teenager, that husband or that wife came home and said, now I believe in this Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ. And And the community pushed them out. They need a place to go. They need somewhere to stay. They need someone to help them. And other brothers and sisters in Christ are meeting those physical needs. You and I serve one another by meeting physical needs. But I want you to notice last, we serve one another with evangelism. We serve one another with evangelism, meaning we serve one another by telling the good news of Jesus. We pick up in verse 47. It says, they were praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. We serve one another when we tell others about the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, I I want you to not feel a burden on this. I want you to feel liberated. And I want you to feel free. Because that's what that verse is. It's a, a freeing verse. Because understand, as one who delivers good news, our job's just to deliver it. God does the convicting. God does the saving. God has said, listen, I I want you to be one who delivers good news to someone else. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to do that. I'm going to give you a message to be able to to share. I'm going to write it all down for you. And all I need you to do is deliver it. I'll do the heavy lifting. I'll convict, I'll save, I'll add to the number of the church. Isn't that liberating? Isn't that good? All we do is we serve one another by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with one another. We are servants. That's who we are. And so this week, I want to call you to be a servant. I want to call you to serve. I want you to take a mission trip this week. And that mission trip I want you to take, I want you to take it on your street. Here's, you don't have to go far. I want you to take it on your street. Kids, Miss Caroline gave you a challenge, and I'm going to challenge you as well. Man, get out there with that sidewalk chalk and write messages to people. Jesus loves you. We're praying for you. You can say, Heights Baptist Church loves you. Kids, you be those servants today to those neighbors. Teenagers, adults. Find ways to serve others. Here's what I want to encourage you to maybe do. Take a sticky note. You're going to take a sticky pad and, and go to a neighbor's house and just write out a quick message. Jesus loves you. I'm praying for you. Let me know if there's a way you need anything. I'm here to serve you. Whatever that note is. And then stick it on that neighbor's door. And then pray for that house and then walk on over to the other house and write out a message. and Stick it on that neighbor's door. Maybe you want to take somebody some baked goods. Maybe you want to help somebody out. But serve someone this week. Take a mission trip and be a servant. And here's what we're going to ask you to do. When you do that, take a picture. Post it on your Facebook page. And hashtag 
love and lean. Now, I know some of you think, well, I don't want to post that on Facebook. It'll feel like I'm bragging. No, 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 no. You're not bragging if your heart's right. But what you're going to do when you post that and you post, you put some sticky notes up. You maybe want to take a picture of that sticky note or picture of that sidewalk chalk. When you post that on your page, you're giving a testimony. See, that's going to encourage someone else to do it. But that just might lead someone to ask you a question. Why would you do that? Why would you go out and serve somebody else? And by you posting that picture and that post, that will lead you to answer the question that way. Well, I serve somebody else because Jesus Christ first served me. See, Jesus Christ served me by dying on the cross for my sin, by resurrecting from the grave to be able to give me eternal life. And so because Jesus served me, I'm just out serving others. And I'd love to be able to talk with you more about how you could receive Jesus. So I'm going to challenge you to do that this week. Take a mission trip. Get out and find somebody to serve. Post it on your social media. Hashtag love and lead. And let's see how God's going to use that. Let's pray together this morning. Father God, we want to thank you that even in the midst of this new normal, that Lord, who we are has not changed. We are empowered people, empowered by God. We are proclaimers of your good news. And Father, we are servants. And so I pray today for the kids of our church, for the youth, the adults. This week, we will all take a mission trip and get out and serve and be able to post that. And we pray you'll use that to encourage someone, maybe to bring someone to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love and your grace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I want to thank you for watching this morning. And before you click off, stay on with me for just another minute. If you today are ready to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you have questions about that, you can go to heightschurch.org slash decision. Give us your name, email, phone number. We'll be happy to follow up with you and talk to you further about starting a relationship with Christ. If you already haven't connected with us, go to heightschurch.org slash connect, and we'll be happy to follow up with you if you're a guest with us today. If you're looking for a way to plug into a group and get to know more people, as we talked about fellowship, we have life groups that right now are meeting digitally, and we'd love for you to plug into those. It's a great time and chance to join a life group right now. And so go to heightschurch.org slash life groups. Give us a little bit of information and we'll follow up with you there. Also, here's another way you can serve. On May 17th from 12 to 4 p.m., we're going to be hosting in our activity center a blood drive put on by the Red Cross. This is a great way to serve our community right now by donating blood to those that need it. And so you can go to the link there in this post and you can sign up. We are not taking walk-ins. The Red Cross, they're going to be here and practicing all the social distancing measures. And so it's only by appointment. But sign up for that. That's a wonderful way to be able to serve others right now. And thank you so much for your giving. Your giving is making a difference as we're continuing to be able to minister as a church and help folks and send money to our missionaries around the world and the church plants we support here locally. And so there's three ways you can give. Heightschurch.org slash give. 
You can mail your tithe and offering to the P.O. box there on the screen, or you can drop it by the office on Monday or Thursday from 9 to 1 p.m. And so I'm looking forward to next week, as next week we're going to be talking deeper about who we are as praying people. And so I hope you have a great week. Thank you, as always, for sharing this message and getting the Word of God out to more people. Love you guys and see you soon.